0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Game Junk Prototype, episode 94, recording on Sunday, February 13th, 2022. My name is Frank. My name is Sean.
1: And my name is Andrew.
0: And the Super Bowl just wrapped up. I lost a lot of money. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ate enough beef to kill a normal human being. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct, which happened earlier in the week, uh, a pretty big one, one of their uh, major showcases for the year, and what we thought of it. And other than that, not a whole lot going on. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Not bad, not bad. You guys are quite a bit
2: further along and nobody saves the world than I am, so you know hopefully we'll be getting to a. review Are we about talking
0: it. about it at all? Am I saving my thoughts or it's up to you. you can it's all I've know. played this week. Okay, then you should probably share some thoughts, I think. Okay. Well, let's get into the Nintendo Direct. Now, I don't think we're going to go down the whole rundown. Otherwise, it might. if someone tuned into the wrong part, it might sound like we're doing like an E3 breakdown from 2006 for Xbox 360. Uh, we got Portal and Kingdom Hearts and uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed 2 coming to the console. Huge news. <laughs> massive. Megatons. So... Just, we'll talk about the highlights here a bit. Now, I'll start with what I think was by far the most significant announcement of the show, which is more Mario Kart DLC. I'm not even (laughs) kidding. Like, the... Ever, there was all these rumors about Mario Kart 9 and Nintendo. This is like a departure for them to go the opposite direction and do DLC for a game that has a huge install base... Like, I, almost everyone I know owns Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And they tied it into their online expansion pass, uh, which, you know, seems like a relatively smart move. Seems like some value there. I, I'm considering it for this. But uh, to me, that's, that's huge. Like, that's 48 tracks. That's like almost a whole nother game adding on to what is already kind of a perfect Mario Kart. And I thought that was the most interesting thing from a Nintendo perspective in this show.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I I think, you know, it's, it's, and I think it's disappointing just because I was looking forward to, like, what would Mario Kart 9 be? But um, there's a lot of that for this particular Nintendo Direct. Like, people were hoping for, you know, are we going to see some Breath of the Wild 2? Are we going to see this or that? And it's almost always whatever the rumors are, whatever you think you're going to see, they're going to come in under that. (laughs) So they kind of did that. But, you know, yeah, that being said, it's still something that I'm kind of, curious about and might check out. I have heard a little, some rumblings about the visuals for these tracks, not looking
0: so great. Um, but I don't know if that, I, I, yeah, just I mean, I didn't notice anything to be honest. I wasn't watching it that, uh, attentively, but th- what I remember now that you mentioned that it almost looked like the Wii courses were just basically like they didn't reimagine them the way they did other retro tracks on, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, this is like just take the Wii track and maybe put it in high definition or something like that, which is kind of lame. Yeah.
1: The thing I found weird was that they're like slow rolling them out until the end of 2023, which definitely implies that they have no intention of putting out a new Mario Kart until at least 2024, which is probably the most surprising thing to me. Uh, I also kind of like this idea. Uh, I'm definitely not sick of the current Mario Kart tracks. I haven't played it probably as much as you guys. Uh, but uh, I think it's great that they're kind of going down this route. I think it was like 25 bucks, probably American.
0: Now, for, was that for all 48 or for the first set? That's was what not I,
1: clear, I don't that's think. That's what I
0: could not tell. Yeah. Because I was like 25 for all 48 seems like the steal of the century. And they like charge $20 for a for a smash brothers character almost like i assume that's per 8
2: it's it looks like it's a one-off price you pay that and you will get everything as it comes out well that's pretty that's awesome that's what i'm reading but
0: i don't know yeah that is a little surprising that is really good and i guess it's one of the first indicators ever of nintendo moving one of their franchises to a games-as-a-service model, almost, that I can think of. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of kind of similar, I guess. Like, they've been going that, I wonder, way, that way a bit, uh, uh, like, with DLC and talking about... Like, they, they do a lot more, like, live updates, like B- Breath of the Wild had extra features. Like, we got the Metroid Dread free updates. Like, they've been doing more of that stuff, but this one's pretty major.
1: I wonder how they're going to try to, like, get people into it i wonder like do they have um i wonder what the amount of people who have the online but don't have that expansion pass thing and they're hoping that this will like i I bet the overlap of online people and mario kart is quite high and i bet that you know by people logging into the online and then being able to serve them up basically an ad like Hey, do you want more Mario Kart tracks for, uh, you know, the expansion pass cost? I bet that's how they are going to push people into that extra tier of their subscription service, because I don't know how else you would really hear about this right now. I, I, can't, I mean, I guess they might start running ads on TV or YouTube or something, but it it seems like a lot for. Yeah, like that a is DLC kind pack. of the
0: weirdest thing. Like, but Nint- like Nintendo caters to casual gamers and kids a lot. So, how do they find out about this? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still out of touch. I don't know with streamers and stuff like that if that's the plan, but um, I mean, kids obviously find out about stuff from YouTube and sources like that. So, maybe it'll happen. But I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, I guess the next biggest or most interesting thing to me was Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which I believe was previous, like, hadn't been announced before. And I I haven't played any of these games, but, I mean, this looked really good. Like, the artwork looked fantastic. Kind of had—I've always wanted to dip into this franchise, and seeing this trailer really had me, like, second-guessing that I hadn't done that yet.
1: Well, I mean, this would be high on my list. I I didn't even really watch it very much. As soon as I saw sort of, like, the title card, I was like, okay, I'm— pretty much sold. Uh, I played almost to the end of the first one. I think that was like a 100-hour RPG. I think I played it for like 85 hours, like some insane amount of time that I can't believe I spent on that game. And then I dabbled in the second one but didn't really get into it. But I really liked sort of the mechanics they have and, and the world they created. So I think going back and experiencing something, you know, HD and a little uh, less mote requiring will be enjoyable and uh yeah i'm looking forward to this one i think it'll this is probably probably the top top on my list maybe second i would say
0: so what's first you got to give us first then
1: you know what i'm kind of excited for the new wii sports switch sports whatever they're calling it game i think uh that'll be fun to play with the kids i mean it was fun on the wii uh assuming okay the let's be controller clear roller drift is it a giant issue
0: When we say we like Wii Sports and we're looking forward to playing it, we just mean bowling, right? Like, the other games really suck. (laughs) We just want the bowling. I
1: don't know. They got volleyball now, bud. I love my volleyball. I mean, then, like, volleyball and badminton
0: and tennis are kind of the same thing. I mean, it seems a little weird. And Another thing that's a big influence on this whole Nintendo Direct is Rocket League. Like, the the Mario uh, soccer game, Mario Strikers Battle League is... Like looks a lot like Rocket League, sounds named a lot like Rocket League, and then the soccer game in Nintendo Switch Sports also looked a lot like Rocket League. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, the the Mario Strikers I'm kind of interested in. I never played... I don't know how many other Mario Strikers games there were, but I never played any of the other ones. Uh, I'm I'm interested, but I agree that the... um, the Switch Sports or whatever it's called, like that'll probably be like just an automatic pickup, and you
0: know whether it adds anything new, I don't know. But I you know, see, I'll I'm definitely check I'm it out. not buying it unless it's like forty dollars. No chance I'm Come buying on. that game. Get out of here! Absolutely none. And then uh, the, we could just
1: we could just I chalk that it. one as uh, not happening. You're definitely picking that up. Don't. What you <laughs> think about
0: it for eighty dollars just so that. I can play? A new version of Wii Bowling? No way. Uh, And I just... The one thing you were talking about, I forgot to touch on this, with the expansion pass, I'm the opposite. Like, if it was $25 per eight tracks, I would get the expansion pass, but that means I have to always have Nintendo online forever. I think it's a way better value just to buy the DLC for $25 and Mm -hmm. basically have it forever. Like, I... I think they've actually priced themselves out of Expansion Pass expansion in that case.
1: Well, how yeah, much is the Expansion Pass? Is it six extra dollars or something like that?
0: I think it's for f- like 30 or 40 extra a year in Canada. A year? Uh, the numbers okay. get weird with Canada in the U.S. I don't know. Right. Okay. Yeah. It feels like they're just going to keep throwing extra
2: things in that Expansion Pass to try and keep getting people to upgrade so that this, essentially they are getting you know a playstation plus or a
0: game pass yeah, kind it's of huge uh, it's huge people gotta have it
2: yeah like right now like it's just for the online play it's pretty cheap right like isn't it like 10 bucks a year or something
0: like that i don't know i thought it was 20
2: 20 yeah maybe um but like that that's pretty cheap but like yeah it, it seems like they just want to be getting a little bit more of this kind of constant income from people and uh they're just going to keep adding little bonuses to it without kind of doing what PlayStation
0: Plus and and um Game Pass do I guess. Yeah. Uh I guess the other for me the next biggest game would be the just showing the Kirby game and featuring something called Mouthful mode I believe. <laughs> yeah, which I to be honest, I loved it. I thought it was a great idea and like taking the shape of things that you eat. Uh, I don't know if it looked like fun necessarily, like driving that car to explore the world, like seemed kind of slow and not that exciting, but like visually, uh, the concept and applying that to Kirby, I loved the look, the look of it. Like the, the water balloon with the, the material that was filling up with water, like a water balloon would and stuff like that. Like they're really cool ideas and visually stupendous. So, uh, I I liked it. I don't know if I'm it made me more excited for this game. It actually in terms of gameplay, it looked like it was slowing down the game to a point where I'm getting less interested.
2: Yeah, I mean it looked like there, you know, there's some fun puzzle stuff they could do with some of this. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to this game now. I just I guess my question is, will it be like a lot of other Kirby games where, you know, I'm interested, it looks cool, I sit down to play it an hour in i'm like okay i'm good sitting
0: on the couch (laughs) yeah
2: yeah i don't know that that the difficulty level is always a question and this one seems like it's targeting maybe a slightly older audience than other kirby games but i really don't know
0: yeah it's very mature very mature (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) i wouldn't go that far all right uh Maybe I'll let you guys... Was there anything else you were excited for? I I feel like Huck is going to be super passionate about the Chrono Cross remaster.
1: I would say super passionate. I, I enjoy Chrono Cross, but it is such a confusing game to me that I've beaten it, I believe, sort of. I don't really remember anything about it. Like, that's the weird thing about that game is it's so convoluted from what I remember.
0: Yeah, I I think I bought it and tried it at one point when it came out. I think I have it back there somewhere. But I never really played it. And watching this trailer, like, the art style looked really cool, though. Like, I was like, this is a trippy, pretty interesting art style.
1: Yeah, I think the gameplay and it it has, like, this really weird... um, combat system where there's like colors involved and depending on who you fight and which colors you use or something it it affects the uh effectiveness of your weapons and stuff like that it's it's really weird and i don't think i ever really wrapped my head around it i think i just kind of mashed buttons and uh hoped it all came out okay but actually i would say i i'm more excited about that triangle strategy game uh, that they showed a bit of. I don't think the trailer was anything too much different than what they'd already showed before, but um, the, the other thing about the Chrono Cross is it includes that Radical Dreamers game as part of it, which I believe I played w- once upon a time on some emulator on whatever system it was on through some magical fan translation or something, but it, uh, I remember it being kind of weird as well along the same lines as Chrono Cross and it has like a really weird... Tie into Chrono Trigger that's tough and all these like branching story paths. It's, I don't know, Chrono Cross hasn't ever really been my thing, even though it, it should be right up my alley.
0: Fair enough. Sean, anything moving your needle over there, bud?
2: Uh, I mean, one thing I'm interested in, believe it or not, uh, live alive. This is like an yeah. old JRPG that's never been released in North America. I've heard of it. I've heard good things about it. I don't. I don't quite remember where I originally heard about it. I feel like maybe um, what was that movie re- we reviewed a couple of years ago? We are little zombies. I think the director of that movie was like really influenced by this game. And it seems interesting. Like it's an RPG, but like different intertwining stories set across different time periods. Almost reminds me of like Eternal Darkness or something. Um, and, and it's kind of like, it's not just, uh, like a re-release, like they are updating it in some way. (coughs) So yeah, I'm interested in that. It's a remake, I would say officially. Yeah. Right. And I mean, Splatoon three, I'm kind of interested in the trailer they showed for this was just sort of about their, uh, multiplayer mode. So
0: wasn't it, wasn't it more about the campaign co-op mode? I don't think
2: it's campaign. Salmon Run is kind of like their... um, Isn't it
0: like horde mode?
2: Yeah, like horde mode, basically. So, yeah. And Advanced Wars 1 and 2, I'm looking forward to, but nothing really all that new shown here or anything.
0: Yeah, I guess the other... Is there another big game? I thought there was one more. Uh, Maybe I'm just thinking of Splatoon 3. And that's a game that I I think is so creative. Uh, Even looking at that Salmon Run... The orange and green color palette and the bosses, like it looks super cool. I wish I liked it more. I don't know if a big part of it is I haven't tried it in a long time, but no having no party systems and chats and like great ways of matchmaking with friends on that system. Maybe it's gotten better. I should try it again, but uh it does seem like it hampers my my desire to play it. Yeah, I mean Splatoon 2 has a decent
2: campaign. Like it's kind of short-ish. I think like five hours or something. But I played a bit no, of it. And it was with that. Cool.
0: What's that? That's a that's a pro. That's a pro yeah. Splatoon comment. Yeah. No, <laughs> I hear you. Um, yeah, I guess. Um,
2: I mean, you mentioned the the Metroid Dread update. I mean, it was pretty minimal. I I I was hoping for something there but it's when just games announce uh, a new
0: mode where one hit kills you i get really <laughs> excited especially when there's no achievements or like ways of even showing off if you did it like that's that's huge that's gonna ship yeah. some, it's gonna move some it's units moved my the needle dream. in the
2: exact opposite direction uh actually the one other thing i wanted to mention i i know nothing about these games but the trailer looked kind of cool the Clonoa series yeah i mean you, that's you guys familiar re- with these at all?
0: Two. Yeah, it started on PlayStation One, uh, okay, and then they remade them or remastered them on the Wii, and then this is the another remaster, I think. Hmm. So yeah, it, I it's I know kind of the pi- them, one of the pioneers of the two and a half D. Dare I say what's evolved into two point nine D platformer in uh, Oddworld? <laughs> right, uh, and I mean there was that and Pandemonium. Do you remember Pandemonium by Crystal Dynamics? You were like a Harlequin, no. and so no, you guys are sleeping on two and a half d back in the day, <laughs> but uh yeah, it looks uh okay, I know people are really like those games, so I'm sure some people are excited, but I guess unless we have anything else to say about you know you touched oh, there was one other thing, and that I'm gonna use that as a segue to the rest of Nintendo stuff, so does anyone else have anything else they are? I mean, I hope you were
2: going to mention the Portal
0: Companion Collection. I was not, but um, <laughs> there is one more new game announcement that's a big deal, I would say. And the rest of the stuff is like crickets. Like I don't, I, I don't even know why they announce it in a way. <laughs> like it, it, it seems like a. a it shows how dated the console is by saying, we're getting these other games in cloud form coming to this console, and we are getting uh, remasters of PlayStation One games, and a, a trilogy of Assassin's Creed. I-, I understand there might be people who've never played those. They're Nintendo diehards, and they get a chance to play these games, but I mean, those are like, what is, what is going on here? And we're going back to the Earthbound well. We get people excited by announcing Earthbound, coming to Nintendo Online, all this stuff. Like, I, I don't really care. But the other game that people do care about, and this is getting into the, I, I know I've done it a million times, but uh, the Scarlet Fever, whatever you want to call it, people who are just l- lunatics for Nintendo, it really doesn't make sense to me. And all of these games should be like... Like, you should eye-roll when you see half of these. And then the new one, this to me points to the bias towards Nintendo. And this is a... a I might have gone here before. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. So basically doing what Hyrule Warriors did and taking a Fire Emblem and turning it into a Dynasty Warriors game. Which, where I'm going with this is... From what I remember, Dynasty Warriors was almost laughed at by game designers, journalists. It, now, this I, I fact checked this a bit. It would get terrible reviews. It was always like a five or a six. It's the same button mashing combat with waves of enemies over and over again. How is there eight of these games? Seem to be the running joke from what I remember about this series. Now, there was Dynasty Warriors 8, which I think I saw on IGN got an 8.7. So I don't remember that game. Maybe that's where it started to turn. I don't know. But to me, it's like all of a sudden these games get Nintendo characters in them and they're amazing, like they're eights and like, oh, I love those, like just because they've been reskinned with Nintendo franchises. Like this is to me the most obvious thing of what happened here and pointing to Nintendo bias in the world. I mean, I can't
2: speak to it other than I did play a bit of the first Hyrule Warriors and thought it was kind of dull, but you know, then they like the design hasn't
0: changed for the most part. I'm sure it's improved a bit under the supervision of Nintendo. Like, Nintendo is some of the best designers in the world. I think they understand for the most part what makes games fun, although I think they've gone a little downhill in that category. But they they understand game design. And so maybe they've added enough and people in the comments could say what Nintendo has done to make those better other than just having them have Nintendo characters. But to me, they're the same games. And now that we... I mean, it's a good thing in general in that they took a boring franchise and kind of put good characters in it. I agree. The, the Nintendo characters are cool. So it is a reason to like it. But they still can't be fun. I've tried it. It's still not that much fun. The one thing is that they, I
2: think, you know, they seem like they're kind of fun multiplayer games. Like, just to kind of hack and slash with a friend is okay. But, like, I think the single player is not the greatest. And, I mean, the latest Hyrule Warriors, you know, they were obviously trying to tie it in even to Breath of the Wild and the story or world of Breath of the Wild. Which I admit, I was kind of like, oh, I'm a little interested in that. But, like... You know, that's all it takes, I guess, right?
0: And I was the same way. I'm like, I played a Dynasty Warriors game on Xbox 360, trying to get achievements, easy achievements. And I was like, this game's the worst. And I understand kind of why people say it's repetitive and boring. And then I was the same. I bought Hyrule Warriors just because it had Zelda stuff in it. And I'm like, this is still kind of boring. I It's just, uh, I don't know why everyone seems to care about it now. Or like, it's a big deal. They still suck. you could be right I I don't know Frank I could be I could be wrong but that uh, maybe Dynasty Warriors took a turn that I'm unaware of but even at working in the games industry it was kind of like I remember someone suggesting hey we should kind of do a Dynasty Warriors thing and I was like Dynasty Warriors that game sucks we're not doing Dynasty Warriors (laughs) like in terms of design and then we actually did end up doing Dynasty Warriors (laughs) at the end of the game just button mashing combos so uh like it's i don't know. and the game that game also did not review well so uh, it's it's mind boggling to me
2: <laughs> so i guess just one other quick note on the uh nintendo direct is that there's this game that was announced on the japanese version of the direct but not the north american one which is a detective game called the centennial case a shijima story which looks kind of interesting, and it is getting a North American release, so I don't know why they didn't show it, but uh, it is a Square Enix game. Also coming to PS4, PS5, and PC. That's the one
0: I'll you texted to Huck?
1: Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'll be picking that one up, I'm sure.
0: All right, so I guess the other newish thing that we didn't touch on, I missed, was Disney Speedstorm, a kart racer. Another kart racer coming in with Disney characters. Oh, it's a new. It's something different. Uh, it's the first time we ever oh, heard I thought, of it.
1: I thought you were going to talk about something else.
0: <laughs> is this the Game
2: Loft one? Is it Game Loft? I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yes, it is. Ooh, so, the old style uh, the grounds. So, as soon as I saw that, I was like, nope. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't you know. Do you want to it support just, your old it, friends
0: and colleagues?
2: Not really. Well, I, I'm, I don't know if it's being developed in Toronto, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it, uh, it, it makes me feel like, and I think it is for mobile as well, not just for Switch. So it just makes me feel like it's you know being built as sort of a freemium kind of model game, which is still their bread and butter. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's freemium? I didn't know that.
0: I think so i i'd have to double check all right well again everything else here seems to be 10 to 15 year old games maybe five in some cases with no man's sky coming to these consoles and uh yeah do not care disney speedstorm confirmed free to play for pc and consoles maybe not mobile then All right. Anyone else have anything that needs to be discussed before we move on to what we played? Well, just the Bungie thing. Sorry. Before we get to that, big news we didn't talk about last week. The uh, Destiny 2 developers Bungie being acquired by Sony. And yet again, everyone is saying that these are not exclusive. We're just buying it, putting them uh, under the PlayStation umbrella, getting that cash. I'll... I'll believe that when I see it play out and I'm sure there'll be some type of exclusivity stuff going on there would be my guess but everyone seemed excited about this I guess it's a big announcement but I don't really play Destiny 2 I've liked Bungie games in the past I think they're really talented but I I, I know I'm team blue haze all the way and even I was like the haze is thin on this one what's thinning
2: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah I mean you're, uh, you like to say that Microsoft is buying overrated companies and stuff like that. Where does Bungie fall into that? Like, do you think the $3.6 like, you think that's money well
0: spent or you just don't care because you don't play Destiny? Like, uh, I would assume it's money well spent. This seems like, I think I read a bunch of it was for retaining talent or, like, kind of guaranteeing that certain people stay there. So, right. uh, I mean... I would think they have very like real numbers about how much money the game pulls in, and it's just like, is it worth it to do it? Are we going to get this money back? Seems like we will. And if you factor in sequels or other IPs that they might do, I, I can't it, see that it's not. A, they were like incorrectly assessing that, unless all of a sudden Destiny Two becomes staggeringly unpopular for some reason. Uh, other than that, it seems like a safe bet.
2: They do have a new IP in the works, so that's could be part of it. But, you know, yeah, everybody keeps asking these questions about, you know, are is any of this stuff gonna be exclusive? Any of these acquisitions, are the games gonna or franchises gonna eventually go exclusive? And so far everybody's basically said no.
0: And Well they say think, we have we currently have no plans to do that. <laughs> it's all it's not right. like we're not gonna do that.
2: But I do think, you know, like, I think the new exclusivity is, you know, whatever your um, kind of subscription services, those games that you own that you are see, under your umbrella yeah. will be free on those subscription services, which is a big deal.
0: It's a very good point, so, Sean. That, uh, And then if someone, that's all they play. I'm sure there's people that just play Call of Duty and other stuff in the Activision one. And if they all they play is Destiny 2, might as well get a PlayStation and... The, the subscription for the same price. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I think I did read somewhere that they also acquired them for their skills at live service games, which uh, could be a great idea. I mean, which which other company has been doing like online, really good network multiplayer shooters? Like nobody. Like de- Bungie is the Experts of that sort of tech. And with now with running Destiny for like what five, six years now, they definitely have the live service aspect down. So if Sony's trying to pivot, like, you know, Gran Turismo, I bet they're going to try to make that a live service game. Uh, probably some of the other games they have in the pipe, they're thinking of making live service and they probably are thinking, hey, Bungie could really help us with this tech or any of the problems we're having. And I'm sure that's part of it as well.
2: Yeah, I saw an interesting thing on uh, The Verge where they are theorizing that it's also kind of about this idea of like buying a virtual world, you know, where like Microsoft has Minecraft, Epic has Fortnite, like these ideas of like a game that's more than just a game. It's a place where people go to hang out. Are we moving to the
0: metaverse? Maybe.
2: Maybe. So, I mean that could be part of it too i I don't know for sure, but um, obviously, there is some irony here with the fact that Microsoft once owned Bungie, they went independent now they're owned by Sony again, like it's kind of a strange that the way that played out, but um, it makes sense for Sony, I think,
0: yeah, I'm sure yeah. financially, it made a lot of sense. I guess we're three people that don't really care all that much. <laughs> yeah. But I am interested
2: in whatever the new IP will be. I mean, I yeah, assume I it's probably going to be makes another good games. Yeah. Like it'll probably be another games as a service thing, but I'm curious either way.
1: And even if, even if they do go exclusive, I mean, we, we play everything. I know everyone's not in that same boat, but it really won't impact us in any way, which is probably another reason why we don't care so much. Um, but I could see if, you know, someone's a big Destiny player on Xbox or PC and all of a sudden Sony's like, okay, it's only going to be on PS5, that could piss them off. And likewise with, like, the Call of Duty stuff, if all of a sudden you're a PS5 player and Microsoft's like, nope, got to get Game Pass now, that could be kind of annoying. So, we'll see. I guess how it plays out in a couple of years when the numbers have really started to roll in and they can actually see what would make more sense uh from a financial standpoint.
0: I'm really looking forward to when one of these companies says, oh, actually we are gonna make that exclusive. I just want to see what happens. I <laughs> Yeah, I everybody's wait.
2: been pretty scared to do that. Oh yeah. I mean I guess I guess Microsoft did, you know, with um what what's the new Bethesda, Starfield? That isn't that exclusive?
1: Starfield. Yeah, I think so.
2: So they kind of have done that, but I I,
0: with existing established franchises, uh, they've been scared to do uh, that. Elder Scrolls, when that's like that's gonna be exclusive. I can't wait. Yep.
1: (laughs) Well, wasn't Morrowind exclusive on Xbox uh, 360? That's like Elder Scrolls Four. Or no, wait, that was Oblivion. Yeah,
2: that's three.
1: 3, right. Okay, Oblivion was number 4. Yeah. Was that yeah. exclusive? No, I guess they that was They both wasn't. were. There was just a both sh- were. shit tons of problems. 3 was uh, three,
0: three was original making. Xbox, 4 was Xbox 360. Okay,
1: all
0: right. And I, That's I both think. were on PC at some point, I think, too. Yeah. Uh, maybe not Oblivion, though. I don't know if I've ever seen Speaking Oblivion.
1: of... Actually, going back to the Nintendo Direct, I can't believe they didn't announce another Skyrim remaster to go <laughs> along with all their other... <laughs>
0: Yeah, a cloud version where you can run the best modded fidelity Skyrim on your Switch.
1: That is going to be the next Nintendo Direct. (laughs) Skyrim cloud, obviously.
0: (laughs) I have no idea. Does anyone know how cloud games, how well they run on a Switch? Does anyone talk about this? I've tried. I would would love to see the numbers for sales for these cloud versions of games and how many people play them.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, all I remember is when Control came out, and what was the other one? The I um, can't remember what the other early one was, but it was just kind of like a lot of talk about how it's amazing that it runs on at all on the Switch. You know, it was just like that was a technical yes, marvel so in huge. itself.
0: But yeah, whether anyone is actually playing it on the Switch, I don't know. Now I was thinking about this the other day too, and I had that same thought when people say, "Oh." It's a like there's be some article about it was actually really hard to get the Ezio collection working on the Switch, and it's an achievement. I go, Yeah, it would be an achievement if you got that game running on hardware that costs you know $25, and that's why it's so cheap. Like, this is a $400 console, it's basically the same as other. Consoles that could run this as a background process and we're celebrating it. Like, let's get real here. It's Nintendo making money. What are you talking about? Why are we praising this?
1: And actually, from a developer standpoint, there's a company that specializes in these sort of cloud ports. So, I think for like Remedy and whoever did, you know, the other cloud versions, I'm pretty sure they're just paying this other company a bunch of money. And then they getting it running on their proprietary hardware, and then uh, serving it up to whoever wants it. So I I like that. Serve it up.
0: Put it on the cloud server. Serve it up.
1: That's That's it. I think from like a developer standpoint, hey, it's equilibrium systems
0: should be like doing cloud ports, and like that's your tagline: serving it up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. I'll write that down.
0: All right, we play again. What we played? Yeah. I think so. just want to mention I did not play any more Psychonauts 2. <laughs> a lot, <laughs> you, lot of you controversy. It, didn't you? I thought you beat it. I beat it before we did last week's show. We our best of. Yeah, so, so you're good. Yeah, just what I thought I'd mention. I didn't play that game this week. <laughs> and I've, I've had a lot of people, people who don't comment on YouTube sections, texting me, calling me directly saying, yes, okay. thank you. I'm not even kidding. One of my best friends, who's listening to this at some point right now, said, yes, agree with you 100% about Psychonauts 2. It was the worst. And I called them and then talked to them for two hours. (laughs) And did my my whole rant again. What a piece of shit. All right. It's not a piece of shit. It's a good game. All right. I I can start with a quick
1: couple things. I can start with a quick couple things I played super fast. Uh, on the PlayStation 5, I loaded up a bunch of older games, so I've play, been playing Miles Morales, Spider-Man. I still think that with that venom power, it's like a little cumbersome to activate, I'm finding. Uh, maybe I just haven't played enough in a row, but you know, holding the L1 and then hitting all the buttons and it's just like an extra button combo I don't really want to remember. But overall, the game runs great, looks great, feels great. Um, yeah, I am enjoying it. I then, today, I fired up Uncharted 2, replayed the first two chapters of that. Uh, that game's great.
0: What Love did it. you think about my hot take on the text channel there?
1: Uh, what, about the t- first two chapters? The first are the worst? two
0: chapters are the worst two chapters in the game. Y-
1: you know what? I don't. The funny thing is, I didn't even remember the second chapter at all. So I was like, oh, this is great. Okay, to be fair, I I don't remember it
0: either. But but this is what I do remember about the experience. And this is very specific to me. Being a experienced player of Uncharted 1, and I think at the time when Uncharted 2 came out, I had beaten Uncharted 1 six times, maybe eight. And I played it, and I'm like, it was kind of like Psychonauts 2 in a way. I'm just going to get that in there. It was like so slow. It was like, on rails, basically. I know it's a showpiece, but I'm like, you're moving really slow. It's teaching you these mechanics at such a laborious pace. I was like, I'm not even doing anything in these chapters. It's more like an interactive quick time thing than a game, which I understand it looks great and it's exciting, but I remember being like, just let me play this game already.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that. And also, I I am starting to have like little memory tweaks because I started on crushing difficulty, going for that plat. and and the thing is i'm like i'm like this isn't so bad i'm picking up all the treasures around and i'm like oh yes i'm starting to remember that as soon as you actually have to play this game it absolutely murders you and then i shut it off (laughs) (laughs) and that's probably what will happen this time too so um probably starting out crushing was a huge mistake i'll probably end up bumping it down to like normal or easy
0: it's not that hard you can do it
1: uh, we'll see. I'm not really like devoting my life to it, so I'm sure I will not be able to keep up. And then also, I think I may have mentioned this last. No, I guess I wouldn't have. But I, I fired up Horizon, played through the first little part of Horizon. I Did I mention that or just to you guys? I can't remember. But anyways, I played through that till I become like grown up. And that game is is something special, I think. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever I... Forbidden West.
0: I was gonna play through it again. I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm gonna get it done in time. No. And see. I'm actually and the reason I I'm like I wanna do it so that I remember how to play the game so I can play Frozen Wilds. So I think the yeah, better that's approach what I like. the better approach is to play the new one and then go play Frozen Wilds. Like learn it again through the new one and then yeah, go back that's probably and good idea. clean up some stuff if I'm still passionate about it. But mm-hmm. I did play the the intro again as well and just to reiterate. Like, such a huge jump in characters and visualizations of characters. You go from, like, in the opening cinematic, baby Aloy, who is one of, like, the the cutest, like, like babies in video game history. And then you go to, like, young... Cuter than the Death Stranding baby. (laughs) Yeah. And then you go to, like toddler or whatever age oh,
1: adolescent
0: adolescent, Ad- a, adolescent and then toddler. that like that ki- the, those age kids in that game are weird looking <laughs> like they're weird like i don't know if they're adults they they look like they're adults in costumes or yeah. something like it's it's strange and then aloy's an awesome character so you, there's this weird i guess awkward adolescent face for uh for aloy <laughs> in that game artistically but, oh, God, the score, I forgot how good the score is in Horizon, that main theme, mm. solid.
2: <laughs> well, I was hoping to play it before the new one comes out,
0: but it ain't happening, so uh, we'll see. Hey, well, I'll save this for the end of the show. But, uh, Sean, you got anything you played? Yeah, I did play one new thing um, called Grapple Dog. You guys
2: heard of this game at all? No it's like a new indie game that just came out on the switch and on steam, I believe. And I just got to put it out there. I mean, it could be the new cause possibly, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's a platformer that, you know, you control this dog that has a grappling hook, but it's more of a platformer than an action adventure game. Like you have an overworld, you go into a level, you have to collect gems throughout that level. Those gems unlock new levels. Um, but I kind of like the art style. Um, it definitely feels very cartoony and kid friendly, but I would say, you know, the difficulty is a little more, uh, you know, advanced than I expect it to be. It's certainly not, you know, crushingly difficult, but it's, uh, more than I thought. Um, but I'm enjoying it kind of, you know, it's got some elements of Donkey Kong country. Like it's got like, you know, cannons that launch you across the screen and, the levels are pretty big like you you kind of
0: move across the space quite a bit. And um art yeah, style um, I would say looks, you know, influenced by Super Mario World and getting uh was it Mutant Mud vibes a bit? Yeah. Yeah, I can
2: see that. The score is very uh 90s kind of like um New metal? No, like the like that kind of funk Like like Toe Jam and Earl kind of that kind of um, vibe, which I kind of like as well. Um, I
1: must say, looking at the trailers, there are definitely some game mechanics that are very similar to the game mechanics in Kaze.
0: Yeah, this one seems to obviously have a huge uh, Bionic Commando influence as well. Yeah, there's also a game that I played a while back called
2: Kunai, which is like a Metroidvania with a grappling hook. Which I liked as well, um, but uh, this is not definitely not Metroidvania, more just straight-up platformer. But it's good. Check it out. Oh, can, did you talk about Kanai before? I think it looks cool. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I did play
0: a couple hours of it at some point. Game looks fucking pretty good. cool, dude. It's pretty good. Check them both All right. out. All I've played is Nobody Saves the World, been embedded in that game. And I, I I don't know if we're going to review it or if, I think Graham's coming on at some point to talk about it. So I won't say too much, but uh, I like at the early stages, especially the first legendary dungeon, I was like worried. I'm like, I think I'm going to have to tell Graham I don't like your game <laughs> and I've really come around on it. I kind of get the game now. It took me a while to get it and like how what i think the elevator pitch or some kind of pitch would be and it, the reason why i probably don't didn't like it that much initially is i like i don't love diablo games and to me it's a diablo game but where in diablo you're stuck in whatever class you pick for your entire playthrough and i just i unlock a few powers here and there but i'm doing the same thing this creates variety in that type of game by constantly switching forms and i'm like as soon as I kind of – I've always struggled with games that are like those types of action RPGs, Diablo and like Torchlight and stuff like that. Like it just – the the loot aspects I don't like. And this one actually creates variety where I, I'm like I'm actually starting to experiment with forms now, getting what that's about. Uh, some of the forms, I do find I have like forms that I always use that I guess are OP for my play style. The slug being the one I go to the most. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm really liking it. Like, I, I it, it kind of captures that essence of an RPG where I want to keep like leveling up, getting to that next thing. And uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's. I put a lot of time into it, and I end up playing to like, four in the morning some nights. Just pushing. Yeah. Like one more quest. One more thing. Let's go look over here.
1: Yeah, I've been playing it a lot, too. I <coughs> really like the exploration aspect of it, and I do like what you're talking about. I feel the strongest part is the form leveling up. I think that drives the gameplay completely. And I like that there's no also equipment system layered on top of that. It's really just about the forms and the skills that you gain and swapping out. And there are these quests that each form is required to complete in order to get experience. And those quests are based on the skills you swap in and how you use them against certain enemies. And I think that part really is... Is really really good and really drives you experimenting, whereas for, for me I find games like this where you can swap skill trees and all that mm-hmm. crap. I never do it. Yeah, I, I pick, find something I, I, I pick like.
0: Something once and I use it over and over
1: again. I just, yeah, I just stick with it. Like even even Horizon, <coughs> for instance, I find I'll find a trap I like and like that's all I use. Um, whereas this, I find you know I'm constantly not forced, but encouraged to try other things and experiment. And, and you like leveling up because you have that little carrot on the stick of, oh, if I just level up this form to level A, I'll unlock a new character or something like that. And I did get stuck a little bit on the ho- one of the horse level ups. Uh, I couldn't really... It was like really specific, like break a whole bunch of specific wards or whatever yeah. you call them and then...
0: Those ones and I'm not, do all this- not that big of a fan of. Like, I gotta go. Yeah, so it.
1: those ones were a little frustrating to try to get because then you also have to like find some dungeon that has those things. Um, yeah, my only nitpick is that I find the dungeons a little repetitive so far, and yeah. It, yeah. that grind kind of you need to kind of take a break from it and then and then come back refreshed with like a you know a fresh look on it.
0: Well, I know the the dungeons like are procedural. And I guess I feel the same way about Diablo in a lot of ways. Like, I don't know that it's more fun because it's procedural. Like, it's... Really-
1: I don't think the layouts are... Proced- yeah, they I are. I mean, this will be a great question. They, they are. are? Okay, yeah, I, I knew they're. the enemy placements were kind of procedural. No, they, they the- change
0: when you fail okay. or go back into it. So, uh, And I'm like, it's really just the same thing. Like, there's nothing that interesting about the layout. It's not... Like, it's kind of just... I don't even notice it's different, to be honest. Maybe some people do, but I'm the same way with Diablo. Like, anything that's, like, that fog of war effect and procedural elements of Diablo, I don't care. I'm just, you know, trying mm-hmm. to find an exit, and that's it. It's not fun finding the exit. So, uh, my I, I have some other nitpicks, too, that we can talk about. The biggest one for me is um, not being able, like, the locking in a direction, and I find I'll be like, if I lock in the wrong way, I have to, like, go backwards and then go back again and like do kind of weird directional aiming. And I can't believe there's not a way when you have locked in the left trigger to override your direction with the right stick. Like if mm-hmm. I could just, if I was locked in a direction I don't want to be, I could keep moving the way I want to and just maybe flip to the, the way I'm facing with the right stick mm-hmm. once I'm locked in. Yeah.
1: But. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. That'd be nice.
0: But I keep I keep waiting for something to be put on the right stick that's going to prevent that from happening, and I'm sure there's, you know, Graham will probably have answers for that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really liking it. I'm getting close to the end. I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have played it as well, not as far as you guys, but uh, yeah, I mean the the form switching is what it's all about. Really, is like they. I think I mentioned last time. You kind of find something you think you like, and you want to stick with it. But the game forces you to. Yeah, you, you can't level keep... up
0: otherwise, right? Like, yeah, there's the infinite quests, but I mean that's some progress. But if you want to level up, you got to complete those quests, and that's a really good motivating reason. And I guess the the legendary dungeons, like they lock the form, and it, or you you can't do quests in those, and it's about form experiment experimentation. But. Um, it seems like maybe kind of solving a puzzle for, like, what the best form to use for that dungeon is. I don't know if, like, that's super fun to me, but, I mean, it does encourage, like, experimenting with combinations.
2: Yeah, and anytime I've been frustrated or felt like I've, I'm dying a bunch, it's usually just because I'm not using the right form. So, yeah, it's just uh, finding the right one. But, yeah, I mean, it's... I, yeah, like I think it's even some forms that I initially am not that much a fan of, and I'm like, yeah I don't think I would use that one. But then you have to, and then you get into it, and you're like, yeah, oh, okay, 100. Actually,
0: it's cool. 100. Mm-hmm. So they all have like unique gameplay, and uh, I think my least favorite is the mermaid. Like the the tail, oh really?
1: I use her all the
0: time. The, like the tail slap, I don't find it's that powerful, and. Uh, I definitely liked, I, get, liked getting that form so I could go in the water at some point, but I, I don't play with it all that much.
1: I like that one, only the tail slap kind of pushes enemies back to give you a little spacing. I actually like, I think I like the Magician the best.
0: Magician's fun.
1: Really like the Magician. Um, and then also the Zombie is kind of similar to the Magician in the same. Have it you has got a similar the mechanic. Necromancer
0: yet? No. No. Okay, that notes. one's similar too, like with familiars and stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah. That's great. I have one form left. I just have the dragon left. That's mm. nice. I think I only have one letter grade before I get to the dragon. Spoiler. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> spoiler.
1: Well, it's not really spoiler if you look at the skill tree. No, it's but it's, there, it is it
0: listed. is like you can only see the next level up. So if you haven't gotten oh, to okay. the top of the tree. Mm. Okay, anyone else have anything they played? Nope. Nope. Okay, so... Uh, next week, not really sure what the show will be, although I imagine I will be talking about Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, or Forbidden West, holy shit. <laughs> oh. I'm going to have to edit that out.
1: You, better, uh, you might get your Blue Haze card <laughs> revoked for that. So.
0: <laughs> Starting uh, Thursday at uh, midnight, and I am about as excited as it get. And, you know, Trophy Hunters. There's no Trophy stuff officially out yet for this. This was my PSA. I know this is lame. I know this is for losers like me. That's okay. Double check power picks before Thursday night. Probably going to... And the default, like the auto install on the PlayStation 5, I think is the PlayStation 5 version. You're going to have to go back and double check. You're probably going to want to install the PS4 version so you can get an auto pop. Not confirmed yet. Not (laughs) confirmed. But double check auto pop status before... Thursday night, so you can pre-install the correct version and making sure you're getting maximum trophy leverage for your playing. Yeah, I was just going to ask. Actually, I've
2: been reading a lot about that. The PS4 version is ten dollars cheaper, but you still get a free upgrade to PS5. Shit, is that is that confirmed? Is anybody? I don't know. Like, I'm like, it seems like that's the case, but um, it seems weird. Like, I think it it must be just because Sony kind of got. I think they weren't going to do a free upgrade
0: I think cuz the retail version has to be
2: 89.99. Oh, but I just think it, like they weren't going to do a free upgrade from the PS4 and then people complain and, then and then, they had to be like, "Okay, we'll give it to you." A PS5 at and,
0: retail value has to look the same price as other PS5 games. Yeah, okay, makes sense. Okay, anything else? We good? We moving on? Done. I Done. Think that's it. All right, check out uh, YouTube.com forward slash Game Junk, and leave some comments. A lot of commenting going on lately, and it's a good time. People are telling me I'm wrong. No, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but keep commenting. I love it. It gets me angry. It gets me fired up for shit like this. So, uh, let us know what the shittiest part of the Nintendo Direct was. Don't be shy. We'll talk about how... <laughs> Not excited you are for Portal One on the switch. I'm surprised Portal doesn't have to run in cloud form. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. we'll uh, We'll see you next week. Bye bye.